Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And today, I'm going to be speaking with celebrity coach Christy Whitman about how to survive the holidays as a single woman. This is a big topic around this time of year with, uh, I know one of my clients is single and a little, just a little nervous about going into the holidays without plans. And so we talked about some ways that she could move forward into Christmas and the new year um, without having to have a relationship. But there's lots of things we can do, and Christy's going to share some, some great tips for us, I'm sure. Um, but before I bring her on, I just wanted to say that I have been doing this work for about 11 years as a dating and relationship coach, and I have loved helping women over 40 enter into the best relationships of their lives, often falling in love for the first time at 40, 50, 60, and beyond. And the secret is they found their own values first. They learned to love themselves, to honor themselves, to create very clear boundaries, to speak up, to show up, and to stand up in their lives. And I call this the woman of value movement. Um, And now what I've been doing is supporting women in the corporate sector to help them be women of value as they learn to communicate and lead as women of value. And so this is really exciting work as I even grow my work even larger and reach more people. And every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value. And this week's tip is if you want something, ask for it. I, oh my God, I think I spent most of my life not asking for what I wanted and just hoping that somehow it'll land in my lap and this doesn't work out really well. If any of you have ever taken a bold ask, made a bold ask, and really just gone out of your comfort zone and said, okay, this is scary, but I'm going to ask for it. So whether it's asking for a job interview, for a job you think is way out of reach, or or asking for an introduction to somebody who, who you want to date, there's lots of things we can ask for, and we will not receive those things until we do ask. So please, I encourage you to make at least one small ask this week. So before I bring Christy on, I wanted to just give a shout out to my brand new program, the Woman of Value Club. So if you're interested in really learning the most effective dating skills and learning to date as a woman of value, then I encourage you to join this awesome club. It's a monthly membership club. We are growing every day and it's intimate still, and you get a lot of me in this club um, for very little money. And in fact, until the end of this year, 2018, you get the first month for free. So come and try it out. Go to lastfirstdate.com and hit the groups option for coaching services, and you will get right to to the page where we explain everything for the Woman of Value Club. And now for our special guest, Christy Whitman. She is a celebrity coach, and she's also a leading expert on the application and practice of the universal laws that govern every act of manifestation. She's an entertaining and sought-after public speaker and the author of five books. 
two which became bestsellers, New York Times bestsellers. She has helped tens of thousands of women and men around the world understand, harness, and deliberately direct universal forces such as attraction, polarity, alignment, and momentum to more effortlessly manifest their personal and professional desires. So join me now for episode number 337, Christy Whitman on how to survive the holidays. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you, Sandy, for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Pleasure. So the holidays, um, let's talk about people are going to all these parties. And it's important to get clear before you go to these parties, especially if you're going with a partner. So what are some of the things that people should ask themselves to get clear before they go? Well, I love that you're asking that question because, um, and even what you had said about, you know, asking, right, asking for something. And we, we need to get in the habit of asking ourselves what we want. So, you know, really getting into the place of intending and visualizing and just, you know, really feeling the feeling beforehand of what we want to experience. Because a lot of times we just go into a situation and we don't prepave what we actually want to experience. So it's important to ask yourself, what do I want? And then why do I want it? And then how do I want to feel? Because the way we want to feel, whether we want peace in a party, we want to have fun, we want to connect, we want a partner, whatever it is that we want in life, we feel that there is a feeling that we're going to get once we have it. So if we go to this party, if we're already in a mindset of, oh, God, I have to deal with that person, and we're in a negative space, and oh, my God, I just want to go and leave quickly, and I don't want that woman flirting with my partner or you know that one woman that's so pretty, I don't want to compare myself to her. We, we we tend to prepave what we don't want, so it's important to kind of have preconceived notions of what could happen or interactions that we're going to have with people. And in order to create it the way we want it, we want to be able to put our best foot forward and ask ourselves, what do we want, why do we want it, and then how do we really want to feel? And why we want to ask those questions is it gets us off of what we don't want. We don't want to compete with that woman. We don't want to, you know, get jealous of that woman talking to that man, to my man, or I don't want to compare myself, or whatever it is. We, we're all very clear what we don't want. But when you focus on what do I want, I want to have fun with my partner. I want to meet a partner. I want to enjoy my friends, you know, whatever it is. Then the why behind it, that's when it gets into the really vibrational place of it and the energy of it. And then really understanding what is it that you're really after. Do you want to feel fulfilled? Do you want to feel at peace? Do you want to have fun? Do you want to feel joy? And then start to feel that before you even walk into that party. Mm, I love that. That intentionality is so missing in so many people's lives. And if we're just more deliberate and more intentional, and the feeling part is something so many people forget. I mean, I think I lived most of my life separated from my feelings. So um, once you really get into that, right? Um, It's life-changing. It is life-changing. One of the things I do is um, mentorship for public speaking. And I was just mentoring somebody on her speech that she's giving tonight, and she had forgotten the why. She was talking about fear. She was talking about a lot of things, and I said, but what motivated you? What's the why? And she goes, um, so it's like, yeah, we got to get into that because otherwise, like, okay, so you're getting over your fear. Who cares? Like, 
there has to be something compelling you to do that. And that's that's the why. Yeah, and you know, and even when you get to know yourself better, you might ask yourself those questions, well, what do I want? It might come to, I don't want to go to this party. I don't feel like being around these people. I, I really don't enjoy this particular group of people, or maybe I'm just not in a party mood tonight. And to be able to give yourself a space to say, you know what, that feels like a no to me, and I don't even want to go. You know, I don't I don't choose to be around these people or, you know, so we get to decide. It's not like, okay, we're obligated to have to go to this party and then we have to, you know, set ourselves up for feeling a certain way. If we just feel it in our body, that's our own boundaries to be able to say this is a yes and this is a no. And when it's a no, stick with the no. And if it's a yes, go for it. Right. But that that's really a space of honoring your time, honoring your worth, honoring your value, as you were talking about, Sandy. Mhm. Yeah, and it it's important to really know what we need and want. And I think what a lot of people do is they especially if they grew up in dysfunctional homes where they weren't honored for what they wanted, they tend to push their needs aside. So, like if you have somebody who does that, who's like not even aware that they push their needs aside, is there anything that you can tell listeners who have been doing that their whole lives? Yeah, it's it definitely is a process. It's not like, you know, you've you've had this pattern all your life where it's like it's not about me, it's about everybody else, it's about pleasing everybody else. I I wrote about that in the art of having it all that it you know, it's like the downfall. We wanna make everybody we're hyper vigilant, you know, especially like you were saying, if you've come in into a family that where you tried to make everybody happy or tried to be the rescuer or the peacemaker, you know, or you were worried about how everybody else felt or how everybody else was gonna react and so you kind of became that person that, you know, that um the the person that just did what was needed in that moment instead of being yourself. And so it's a practice to pull all of your attention and energy from everybody else and really be comfortable getting inside of yourself like you and I have discovered, right? It's getting to to not cut off from our emotions and to actually realize that our emotions are very important and our emotions are guiding us to what feels good and what doesn't feel good. But one of the first things is we have to be able to feel ourselves instead of feeling other people because that's something that most women do is we feel everybody else. Let's see if everybody else is cared for, then I'll give myself a little bit. And what I like to say is, like, you know, we need to give from the saucer, not the cup. Because once the cup is overflowing and we're fulfilled with our sense of self, when we're fulfilled with knowing who we are, when we're giving ourselves and honoring our time and honoring our value and really feeling that, you know, we matter, then we can have so much more excess to give to those that we care about. And the thing is, though, is that most of us don't like to hear the word no. We don't like to be, we don't like to disappoint other people. And unfortunately, when you come back to yourself and you start saying, well, that's a no for me. I don't feel like going to that party. And you tell your friend or boyfriend or husband, you know, that that feels like a no. I'd rather just, you know, get in my jammies and, and curl up by with a good book in front of the TV tonight or in front of the fireplace tonight. Um, you know, there might be some disappointment. And how do you deal with that? So it, it's a process, but first and foremost, you have to feel yourself and ask yourself, like we even started this conversation, what do I want? You know, what is it that I mm-hmm. really want? Yeah, I mean, that disappointment thing and not wanting to make others feel bad, this came up in coaching today. It's, 
yeah, when you start setting those boundaries, you are going to piss people off, especially boundary pushers who don't want yeah. you to be happy. And so, yeah. you know, I think even just naming it, that's a boundary pusher. That's somebody who's making their needs more important than mine, and that's not okay. Yes. So, yeah. you know, it is it is a process, though. You're right, and I think people really need to be self-compassionate along the process, along the journey, because it does take time. It takes time to undo many, many years of doing things one way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's talk about, you say that there are five steps to having a great experience during the holidays. Can you share those five steps with us? Absolutely. So first thing you want to do is you really want to accept the situation. So if you're, you know, going to be with people that you don't, you know, you've kind of checked in with yourself and you say, okay, you know, this is a yes for me, right? I'll go to this party. Um, You want to be able to accept everyone and every situation for who they are and waste no energy on trying to change someone. The minute we go Mm -hmm. into judgment or criticism or, oh, I don't like that person, we're resisting in ourselves. And when you're in a place of acceptance, like that's just who they are, you know, that's their path, that's who, you know, that's who they choose to be, that's how they show up, and not make it mean something about yourself or that come from a place of judgment and criticism and just accept that that's who they are. You know, you're literally saving your own life force energy and and you're not creating resistance within yourself. And, you know, just pay attention. So that's the first step is accept them for who they are, waste no energy trying to change them. The second step is really acknowledge that the wisdom that you gather from the interaction, even if your experience with them wasn't positive, for example. Because what happens is is that people are a mere reflection of where we need to evolve and where we have our edges of growth. So if someone says something, does something, gives you a funny look, whatever it is, if there's something that gets pushed inside of you, that's your button. And that's a really space where you can acknowledge, okay, I had an emotional reaction to this. I felt upset. I felt competitive. I felt jealous. I felt envious. I felt, you know, fear, whatever it was. Acknowledge the wisdom of your emotions inside of you. And then how can you use this situation to learn more about yourself? You know, what, what do you now know about yourself that you didn't know before this person was at this party or came into your life? So how has this person helped you learn about yourself or even clarify something that you want? Maybe they did something, said something, and it's like, that is so rude, right? And we naturally want to go into criticism and judgment, accepting them where they are, and then coming to ourselves saying, okay, I'm the one. It's not about them. Yes, they did the behavior, but I'm the one having this emotional reaction to them. That's inside of me. Because if it wasn't inside of you, then you would be neutral and they wouldn't be upsetting you. So Mm -hmm. that's number two. So number one is accept. Number two is acknowledge the wisdom that you've learned now learned about yourself and the the fact that you get to be present with yourself to, to really feel yourself. Number three is really send out, and it sounds funny when someone has just upset you or said something rude, send out waves of appreciation. Really appreciate this person for what they taught you in that moment about yourself. Because resentments bind us to people more than love does. 
So do your best to appreciate them and release them energetically from your presence. Because if you hold on to the resentments, you're holding on to that conversation and it's going to affect you and your point of attraction. It's going to affect what you create in your life from that point going forward. But if you can take it, you know, it's like there's a saying, JLM, just like me. If someone is doing something that upsets you, there's somewhere inside of you that needs to evolve or maybe become more conscious of or, you know, so sending waves of appreciation, right? If the step yeah. four, if this is a if this is a mm-hmm. person that you you can choose to no longer see again, maybe it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend or acquaintance, you know, simply get on with the busyness of life, you know, your happy life. There's no reason to have a conversation to get closure with someone because that will likely backfire or you might be in, you know, get in more of a confrontation with that person. So there's really no value in trying to blame a person or to try to enlighten them about what doesn't work about them, right? Trying to make them wrong. So just remind yourself in the fourth step that you yourself have the right to decide who you let into your life or not. And not everyone, you know, not everyone deserves a backstage pass to your life, right? It's like it's, this is your, mm-hmm. your, your life, your, your theater, your, your play, if you will, is your life. And not everybody gets to be that intimate of a person. So even though they've, you've just gained some knowledge from the interaction from this person, maybe they said something caustic and, and they were really rude, you know, maybe they're like that with everybody. The fact that it got you inside of you and, and get brought up an emotional thing, maybe it's a criticism and maybe your mom was critical and so you're very sensitive to criticism well, we then take on that. So maybe there's a place in you that goes, I need to stop being so critical of myself and of other people because what you do inside, you do outside. So maybe you start being a little more loving and a little more accepting of yourself and less critical. You bless them, thank them on the way, and then you make a decision. Is that the kind of person I really want intimately in my life or as a friend or colleague or whatever? If it's a person, this step, if this is a person whom you are related to, like a child, like a spouse, um, you know, a mother or a father, whomever it is, that conversation you have with them needs to be about what we already talked about. You accept them. You're not going to try to change them. You know, you you really get to a place where you allow yourself to learn from being in that relationship with them. Perfect example. I can use a personal example. My mom used to be, she still is a very critical person. We were making raviolis, homemade raviolis the other day. And my uncle, who's her younger brother, um, was stuffing the raviolis and she was watching over his back and everything, every move he made, he was like, what? Get off my back, you know, and she was just so super critical. You're not doing it right. And, you know, this, that, that, that part of dough is really wide. So, you know, be careful. And, and yet and he's like looking at her like, get off my back. And he looked at me and he goes, how in the hell did you survive living in this house? Like, how, how did you survive with, and I said, I did a lot of work on myself. And, the, the, you know, I really did. I mean, because I had a very critical, tried to be perfectionist type of mother. And so I got that way inside of myself. I learned from the best. So I became very critical of myself. And as I started aging and learning more about, you know, what we, what we put out, we get back, I started realizing that the bosses that I had were very critical and I, I want to stop this pattern. So I needed to find within inside of me where I was being critical of myself. And as soon as I start, became more mindful of that and stopped that pattern, 
the bosses went away. They didn't. They weren't critical anymore. And also, my re- entire relationship changed with my mother. She's now my best cheerleader, even though she's over my uncle's back. She's like telling me, "You're doing such a great job. It's amazing." Mm-hmm. Same woman, mm-hmm. two different people, totally critical of him because he still has that active within him, but it, that's not active within me anymore. So what I evoke from her is wow you did a really good job you you know we that, that you're rolling that dough really well you know and he's looking at me like why is she giving you positive feedback is it because i don't bring out that in her anymore as i used to mm-hmm. totally relate i want to get through the five steps and then i have a lot to say on each one of these so i want to i want to hear more because thanks for sharing that story that's your mom i i can totally relate <laughs> you're welcome so what's the fifth fifth step so the fifth step is returning back to the the first step it really is it's it's accepting yourself accepting others it's really working with the law of allowing that letting other people be on the path that they are in letting yourself be in your own path as well so it's it's really about returning and owning your own emotions So yeah, number yeah. one, yeah, yeah. Number yeah. one is accepting others, even when you're in a situation. So it's like a cycle, right? So you come up to, a, say, you're at a party. It could even be like a family Christmas party, and someone says something to you. Someone has a snide remark, or maybe it's the crazy, you know, uncle or aunt or cousin or whoever that you know just isn't happy with their life. So you know they they want to say something or do something. You just need to accept they are who they are, and they're not going to change. Maybe it's your mom, right? I've accepted that mm-hmm. she is just a critical person. She's not going to change. So acknowledge what I can learn about myself, the the space within myself where she is who she is. She's still hooking me with that criticism. It's still affecting me. So that's mine. That's my work mm-hmm. to do, right? Then you appreciate the person for the knowledge that they gave you instead of holding on to the resentment or the hurt. You have to process the emotions. So number four is process those emotions. Process the the shifting of the energy, shifting the the criticism into self-acceptance. And then continue on. And I'm accepting myself as I am. I'm accepting them. And so it's a cycle. It's it's a constant cycle um, of really processing. I I could give you another example. I remember years ago – my mom, I, you know, I've accomplished a lot. I've had a lot of success. And we were talking about this um, church or Catholic school that she wanted me to go to because I was raised Catholic and um, when I w- to go to high school. And I didn't want to go to this high school. All my friends were going to a public school, and I wanted to stay with my friends. And she really wanted me to go to this school because that's where all her friends' daughters went and stuff. And I would tell her, I'm not, I'm not like them. I don't want to go to that school. And they wore uniforms and everything. And so um, this one weekend, she they had the, um, the exam to get into the school, and I was supposed to go on a ski trip. It was all planned and going with my friend and her family. And she told me, she said, the entrance exam for Xavier is this weekend. You can't go on the ski trip, which made me even more mad because I know I don't want to go there. So I went there. I mean, I'm in you know, pre-high school, eighth grade. So I just bubbled in the test because I knew I didn't want to go there. So she she gets the test results back, and she's very disappointed because I didn't get into Xavier. So long story short, this is several years ago, my cousin gets into the um, male school, which is called Brophy, um, of Xavier, you know, the girl, all-girl school, all-boy mm-hmm. school. And my mom says to me, she says, well, 
if you would have gotten into that school, could you imagine who you had, would become? And I just <laughs> looked at her and it was wow. like, who would I have become? As if to say who I have become and who I am is not enough. And so in that mm-hmm. moment with this process, I had to look at her and just go, that's who she is. Like she doesn't get what she just mm-hmm. said. She doesn't understand. And I went in the bathroom and I cried. I released the tears. I, I released the fact that to my mother, I will never be enough. I, I will I'll, it's because nobody's going to be enough. She's not enough, and that's mm-hmm. what she projects. Exactly. And mm-hmm. really acknowledge that, right? I appreciated the fact that this came up because that was still in me. If I was neutral to it, it still wouldn't affect me, right? So mm-hmm. exact the same process. And now it's like I accept my mom, and now she's just like, oh, my God, you're speaking in Milan. Wow, look at you. Oh, my God, you've been on this TV show. Oh, my God. you know. And it's like now she's my biggest cheerleader because I don't have that place within me where her not-enoughness affects me because I know that I'm enough. She can't penetrate Mm -hmm. because I know the truth of me is that I am enough. And so when you work with this process continually for whatever person you're with, whatever relationship, whatever party you're at, it doesn't matter. When you become neutral, when you become solidified in yourself, know your value, know your worth, understand who you are. When someone says something about you that's not true, you don't even get affected by it because you know it's not true. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for sharing that story because I'm sure so many of our listeners will totally relate and many of us grew up with critical parents, at least one. And um, I, I'm just thinking of so many stories in my own head of, of things that I've experienced. And, I, you know, one of the things, and then I was thinking of this particular issue was the divorce when I got divorced after 23 years. And I knew it was the right time because I wasn't angry. I mm. had accepted who he was. I had accepted that things were not going to change and I wasn't angry at him. I knew that he was not capable of being the kind of partner I needed and I put so much work into trying to change who he was in order to make him the right partner (laughs) and it, it was like a real epiphany for me because so many people end relationships in anger and they hold on to that anger for so long. And just that, that ability to let go of the anger, let go of the resentment, and it's actually how he knew that I was serious this time because I had said many times I wanted to leave him, but I wasn't ready. And he was like, oh, my God, something happened. Are you in love with somebody else? Like It was just so like, hmm, just something changed. And, yeah. um, and I think that, you know, being in that place is so healthy. For you, you know, and it's like that, and families are particularly challenging. And I, I had one of my children really taught me boundaries after the divorce. There was a lot of pushback and pushing my boundaries constantly. And when I chose to look at it as a life lesson, this is, oh, I see now I've got to get tighter boundaries. It's got to be more firm and loving at the same time, and it's challenging. But learning that helped me to have boundaries, which now helps me to teach boundaries. So it's, it's being able to see all of that and, and take in the life lessons is, is life-changing. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agreed. Yeah. It's, it's just really beautiful work. And um, I love that you're sharing this with us. And I think, you know, for the holidays, for any time of life, this is, this is life-changing. Um, 
So, Christy, um, in terms of, like, people who say, well, every, like, looking at, at the fear of missing out, that this is a time of year where people look at others and think there's this sort of Norman Rockwell thing going on with holidays, you know, that family's so happy and I don't have what they have. Is there anything that you would like to suggest for people who are really sad and fear that they're not experiencing what other people are at the time of the holidays? Yeah, what what I call this is, you know, it's easy around the time of the holidays for people to get into more lack and and look at what they don't have instead of what they do have. And it's really easy to be, you know, if you're going to like a party and you don't have the loved one that you want and someone else does, you know, it's like, well, they have someone and I don't, I feel lonely. And it is it is an amplified time of year, even if someone you want to buy a gift for someone or and you don't have the money that you want to buy for them. So it's it becomes very amplified as far as what you don't have. And it really is up to us to really focus our attention on what we do have. What is right and good in our lives? What can we, maybe we're not over the moon excited about it, but we can at least be in the place of satisfaction or at least satisfied um, or content with where we are. Um, you know, everything, every, every, no, no life is perfect. We all have something that we wish was better or more or whatever it is. But if you stay stuck in the limitations, if you stay stuck in the lack or the scarcity of something and you feel, for example, you're missing something, um, maybe you're looking for an emotion, you're looking for love or connection or success or whatever it is, you have the ability to give that emotion to yourself in every given moment. And when you do, you're coming from a place of already having it. And then that's what actually gets the material thing, the people, the situation, the events, to then be attracted to you, but not from a place of lack. It completely defies universal law. You can't attract abundance in what you want from a place of lack. So it's just important to watch your mindset and watch what you say, watch what you think, you know, watch what you're processing. If you're, it, whenever you feel bad at all, you're in lack, because whenever you feel good, you're in abundance. And lack just always feels bad. So it's important to just mm-hmm. pay attention. It, you know, we, we really need to pay more attention to ourselves and how we're thinking and how we're feeling and watching what we're saying. And if things that we're saying don't feel good, we need to find a better thing to say. If things that we're thinking don't feel good, we need to find a better feeling thought. So we have that ability to do that. And, you know, most people are, they allow their circumstances and situations and events and all these things to control how they feel. And they let all these things be the supply for them, meaning it feeds their either the negativity in them or the loneliness or the sadness or the fear or whatever it is. And instead, we need to be the deliberate creators and decide how we want to feel, how we want to experience our lives. And when we do that, when we cultivate, conjure up a feeling inside of ourselves of how we do want to feel, that's when the things outside of us change. It's a very different approach from the outside in to the inside out of experiencing mm-hmm. life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are a lot of people who walk around like victims and feel they don't have a choice. And when you realize that, right, so this awareness shows you that, yes, you know, you've got to get clear with how you are feeling and then know that you have a choice, that you can change it. And that is really powerful. I think people don't realize how powerful it is, you know. So 
You know, a lot of when we were talking, you were talking earlier, and I think um, just naming it, owning it, for a lot of people that can feel like shame. And I think that just getting out of that mindset that because you own it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means that you're taking responsibility for making a shift. Absolutely. It, it, yeah, we, we. I mean, we cannot change our lives if we're denying our emotions, if we're denying ourselves. We, it just doesn't work. I and mean, it just, mm-hmm. it, it goes completely and defies, completely defies universal laws. We just can't do it. So we have to be able to be mindful of who we are and make ourselves a priority instead of making everybody else a priority. You know, we have to be able to, yeah. to do that and, and, really pay attention to who we are and you know really understand that everything is energy and that all energy carries a vibration and that vibration goes out as communication into out to the universe of what we are wanting but most people they create by default they create by you know looking at their situations and circumstances and that's what they that's what they look at as reality and that oh, it's too hard to change, or we can't change it, or this is the way it is. But we are so powerful, and we just have to remind ourselves and have people like you and I reminding people of how powerful they truly are and that they can truly have what they want in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yep. you got power, ladies and men who are listening. Um, so, Christy, thank you so much for this very empowering conversation. And um, let us know how people can reach you and if you have anything special that you would like them to opt into. The time. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a couple of resources that I'd like to give away for your listeners um, as a free gift. The first one is I have my new book, which is called Quantum Success. It's Seven Essential Laws for a Thriving, Joyful, and Prosperous Relationship with Work and Money, although these are universal laws, so they apply for any aspect that someone wants in their life. And I'm going to give the book. It's a hardcover book by Simon & Schuster. Um, I'm going to give the book for free. All they have to do is take care of the shipping, which is $7.95 in the States. So it's a $26 book that you can get for um, free. Just take care of the shipping. So you can go to quantumsuccessbook.com quantumsuccessbook.com or you can um, go to watchyourwords.com and Watch Your Words is a series that I did. It's a 30-day series that helps you change your language. Um, Stop focusing on what you don't want and focusing on what you do want by changing and creating um, different reality in your life by changing your language because words are very powerful. So that's watchyourwords.com or quantumsuccessbook.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for those beautiful free gifts. That sounds incredible. Yeah, so this will be in the show notes as well as you're hearing it live if you're listening. And um, when, when the show notes go live, it will be publicized in a lot of places so lots of people can get the free gifts that you're offering. So thank you so beautiful. much, Christy. Happy holidays to you, and thank you for doing this beautiful work in the world and helping to change so many lives. Thank you for having me so much, and thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing in the world and letting people know how truly powerful they are. Oh, thank you. Happy holidays to you, to everybody listening. And thank you all for listening today, and I hope you go on your last first date very soon. And if you love our show, please go and rate and review it wherever you're listening. 
whether it's on iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, we're everywhere. Have a great day, everybody. Mm-hmm.